to forgiveness and freedom. We thank you, Father, that you are not only with us through Jesus, but you are now within us through your spirit. Father, we ask that you would guide us by the counsel of your spirit this morning as we hear your word and fill us with the joy that can only come from you. All God's people said, amen. Well, before we continue with the rest of our Advent service here, please take a few minutes to greet each other in Jesus' name. about that delay. <laughs> Welcome again to services here this morning. Um, as you know, most of you know, we have uh, fellowship um, in the fellowship hall there over coffee and donuts after the service. You're all welcome to join for that. And just a few announcements here. Um, ladies of all ages are invited to make a porch pot um, at Julie Henningsen's home this Thursday. Um, there's uh, some, some flyers like this out at the uh, welcome desk that uh, give some details about uh, what you can bring and, and what will be available for purchase there. And uh, we do ask that you sign up um, at the welcome desk or RSVP to Julie. And also, um, please know that uh, chili and hot cider will be served there. So hope many of you can participate. A couple of weeks ago, we had an update on how the Salvation Army is helping our neighbors in need in many ways here in Barron County, um, in Jesus' name. And if you would like to support their efforts, um, you can still sign up to help ring bells um, just by calling this number or going to their website. Um, all it takes is uh, two hours of your time, and that goes a long ways. All of the funds stay right here in, in Barron County to help others. And uh, we are ex very excited for our annual Christmas program. Um, it's going to be next Sunday during both services. So th um, please come for that. And um, there'll be children involved in, in the service. It'll be a, a great time of um, continuing to celebrate our Savior. We also want you to be aware that our Christmas Eve service will be um, Friday night, the 24th at 6 p.m., And for our time of celebration this morning, we wanted to just highlight the, um, that three weekends ago, the Soul Garage Youth Ministry uh, took a group of 26 youth and leaders to the Reality Student Apologetics Conference, and it was in uh, Eden Prairie, 
Minnesota, and they joined thousands of other youth there. Um, the theme was moving from chaos to clarity with the goal of helping youth and adults navigate the chaotic ch uh, voices that we are presented with and find clarity in the scriptures. So between the main sessions and the breakout sessions, the conference addressed some very important and heavy topics um, from a biblical worldview. Topics included abortion, suicide, race, sex and homosexuality, Christianity and science, intelligent design, moral relativism, and the problem of evil, and how to engage with both friends and enemies, so to speak, using the power of good questions. So I'm sure a lot was learned. That's a lot of topics addressed there. So we ask that you just please continue to pray for the youth and families as, as they navigate uh, many decisions in this chaotic world. Um, with that, I'd like to invite Pastor Cody up as we all together um, take time to listen to God's truth. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Good morning, everyone. It is so festive, isn't it, in here and outside. Obviously, you dealt with that this morning, getting here. And we want to welcome all of those watching online. We know that there's still a handful of people watching online, and especially this morning, with this thin crowd, we know that there's a lot of people determining what should I get in my vehicle and travel such a distance or you'll be here second service. Well, it's good to have you here and it's good to celebrate the risen Savior every day of our lives. Amen? It's good. We are in our Advent series and we have these candles here and each Sunday we're going to light a candle and each signifies a different aspect. Last Sunday was the candle of joy. And if you recall, we went through Psalm 46. If you missed our sermon, it's online for you. The notes are online. Everything's online there. We looked at Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the, the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Then verse 4. There is a stream whose river, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And we talked about the greatness of God's presence with us. The joy of that. And the wonder of that. And the beauty of having His presence with us. It's probably the greatest gift that we have. And there's many passages that we read or even thought of this one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For Thou art with me. God's presence is this great gift that we have. Today we're going to light the next candle. The candle of hope. And, and sometimes you might look online and go, Pastor Cody, you're going in the wrong order. There's different orders and stuff, but I'm lining this up to what our sermon series will be about here. So today is hope. And sometimes they have different colored candles to signify different things. But for us, the candle of hope here. It's also called the prophet's candle this old testament anticipation of what we're celebrating you can see all the fest stuff around us this prophet's candle is the candle of hope as you see here on the piano hope we learned in our study in christ in the old testament the beauty of that anticipation we've walked through the aspect of people talking about prophetically speaking anticipation 
examples of it. The one who would come, this Redeemer, this great Messiah. And of all the prophets, the one that stands out, I think, the most for me is Isaiah. He's the one that really lays it out in beautiful ways. And we're going to be getting into that this morning. So before we begin to get into Scripture, join me in a word of prayer. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this day. And the snow is here. And looking at the temperatures tomorrow, it probably will stay here for a while. But you control all things, and we are grateful how you bring a bit of that snow to us. Sometimes we're not happy, but snow reminds me of my sin. Because it speaks of in the Old Testament. Sin. The nastiness of it. But wash me whiter than snow. So I love that fresh snow, that, that reminder, Lord, that you have cleansed me you have washed me made me new and i pray this morning as we get into isaiah get into our advent passage here for the next couple weeks that you would spirit of god do that wonderful spiritual supernatural work in our hearts as we look at this passage and look at the beauty of christ this we pray in jesus mighty name amen amen all right so grab your bibles go to isaiah Isaiah, in fact, go to Isaiah 7. We're going to be looking at that here in a moment. Let me just give you a little background of Isaiah. Isaiah, like many of the prophets, give warnings. Warnings to warn people not to stray from God. But Isaiah is giving these warnings and comforts throughout his writing. 66 chapters he has. Warning and comfort throughout the book. There's repentance But there's also rebellion. You see this contrast, especially in the first 39 chapters. There's this up and down, this ebb and flow, kind of like a yo-yo or a roller coaster. There's going back and forth, this rebellion, but then there's repentance. There's hypocrisy, idolatry, but then there's faith in God in the midst of this. And then the promise of a divine Redeemer. And Isaiah saw most of this in his lifetime. In fact, You go through Isaiah, there's kind of three time periods he's living through and looking at and looking ahead into. He sees the the collapse of the northern kingdom and as they rebelled against God. And God is this covenantal God, this God of a relationship. And he has this love that will not let them go. And he uses Isaiah to speak that in the midst of all this. Isaiah, though written over 600 years prior to the birth of Christ, And 100 years is written before all a lot of this captivity was taken. He shows this glimmer and glimpse of hope. In fact, many times if you look at Isaiah, you can go chapters 1 through 39 is a lot of judgment and warning. And then chapter 40, even the first words go comfort, comfort, 40 through 66. And primarily 40 through 55 is this hope that's going to be there from the prophet's voice speaking of the lord take a look at isaiah chapter 7 isaiah 7 14 even though there's this uh, isaiah uh, chapter 6 has this picture this image of the greatness of god and then there's these warnings in this chapter 6 7 in there but then there's this glimmer of hope therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him 
Emmanuel. Again, Emmanuel means God with us, like we talked about last week. Here is this passage, though it may not be a, a very direct passage of Christ, it's an indirect passage of the Messiah and completely fulfilled in the birth of Christ. Even though many did not call Jesus Emmanuel when he was walking around, this is what we would call him. This term describes who he was. So here's a title, a name that described who he was. He is God with us. And that is Jesus when he was born with us. And Emmanuel, this name Emmanuel, shows up also in chapter 8, verses 8, verses 9. Take a look at that. It shows up again. Emmanuel, God with us, the importance of his presence with us. God with us is this name ultimately realized in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we see that in Matthew. Matthew 1.23, it's up here on the screen for you. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Again, for me, one of the greatest gifts that we have today. Yes, we have forgiveness. Yes, we have peace. Yes, we have joy. We have love. But for me, it's knowing the presence of God is with me. Wonderful, Emmanuel. Now we move to our main passage of our Advent series here in December. So go turn to chapter 9. And for me, this, interesting as I've studied Scripture, I've gone through Old and New, looking at the Old Testament, looking at Messianic prophecies, to me, this is my favorite section of prophecy of jesus christ isaiah has it here in nine and then also in chapters 32 or 52 and 53 here we are isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So found in this passage are four wonderful names, four wonderful gifts that God gives to us in this beautiful child, in His Son. And each is found with a name and a title given specific to this child as a special gift. So here's what we're going to do. Each Sunday, we're going to take time and look at each one of these names, represented as four different gifts. So I've got four different gifts here on the table here. And we're going to look each Sunday at one of these gifts that were given to us. It's from someone, from God, and it's got a certain name from someone, and we'll unpack this. Each name explains who it's from, but also it describes, as you see on this top gift here, to someone, to specifically us, we have a specific need that we have in our life. So we're going to unpack this, and then we're, I'm going to open up the gift. We're going to look at a package each Sunday, this, and then we're going to look at a specific verse found in each gift and a theological truth found in each of these gifts here. Each Sunday, we will look at the name. And four names describe his humanity and also his divinity. I love how each name, as you notice, has got two words with each of it. I think that's on purpose. His attributes, his character, 
Each name consists of two aspects. Again, one, the divine aspect, and one, this aspect of this humanity, which is what we're going to be talking about in the theological part of our message. Take a look at this verse here. He will be called. Right in the middle there it says, He will be called. This is the main place in Scripture where these names are given. It's interesting, I've gone through Scripture looking at both old and new, and this is the main, in fact, sometimes the only place where these names are given specifically in this way, in these words here. Mary didn't call out to Jesus when he was a kid, running around, hey, wonderful counselor, your brother needs help on math, can you help him out? Oh, sure, I'm the wonderful counselor, here you go. This name wasn't something that maybe he was called often or if at all by Mary or by his friends, even though these are names that truly belong to him. And it's interesting that Jesus, I thought of this in both an old and new, I was looking at all the different names given to the Messiah, this this prophet, the prophet spoke of this one coming, this great redeemer, and even in the New Testament, all the names given to Jesus, I thought, no one name can capture Jesus, right? He's got so many different names and titles given to him. Not just one can be given in one description. There are dozens and dozens of names given to Christ. Titles and aspects of him. And these names are descriptions of his character. So when we go through this, know that, okay, don't just think, oh, here's a big title that, we, that everyone called him when he was walking on the streets, you know. Oh, mighty God, here you are. You know, these describe his character. His personality, who he is and was and always will be. So let's begin with the first one here. And his name will be Wonderful Counselor. So let me grab this gift here. Wonderful Counselor. I'll take the the label off here. Wonderful Counselor. This comes from this one who's going to be Wonderful Counselor. Now it's not saying that he's Like this wonderful counselor. Oh, he's really, really good as a counselor. You can pay a lot of money. Sometimes it's like $60 an hour. Maybe it's more than that to see a great counselor. If you want to really see a wonderful counselor, you might have to pay $2 a minute to be seeing a counselor. It's, he is a wonder of a counselor. Counselors were very important in the royal courts at that time. People needed wisdom. There was arguments about land there was arguments about property there was arguments about issues going on in business and councils were very important in the old testament and in the hebrew this word here isn't counselor like we think today oh he's a wonderful counselor wonderful and counselor isn't like we think today as oh they should be paid more because they're so good at what they do counseling for this, for counselor, isn't just someone where you sit on a couch, lay down, I need some wisdom. Also, counselors, I was looking at this, they did planning. They did all the deciding. The counselor's the one who laid it all out and made the decisions for everyone. They just didn't give wisdom. Also here, it's a wonder, as in marvel. It's a wonder. It's not wonderful, it's very good, but just a marvel, awestruck at it. Kind of like, how many of you remember Wonder Bread? In fact, I think of Wonder Bread right now because my boots always had Wonder Bread bags on them so I wouldn't get it wet, right? Okay. 
Wonder Bread was wonder. It's as cool as sliced bread. Whoa, look at this. this is so good. Wonder Bread. It's, oh, this is awesome. But often like us, as soon as, as wonderful as sliced bread, we move on to the next thing. And we just kind of know. We just move on. Here, wonder is supernatural. It's not just really good. It's divine, supernatural, beyond us. In fact, this word, the first word we have here, shows the divine aspect, the deity of Christ. He's a wonderful counselor. Not just very good, but He's awe, marvelous, miraculous. Wonder shows the beauty of it. Wonder in the Bible is often connected with the work of God. You look in the Old Testament, whenever this word shows up, it shows up with the work of God. Something divine is happening here. Wonderful, marvelous. Like in the Exodus, the plagues. Again, the plagues were coming, so God, through Moses, told the people, get ready, chapter 12, here's what you're going to do. Get the blood of the Lamb. And then chapter 14, they walked through dry land, all this victorious stuff. And then chapter 15. Chapter 14 is the gospel message of the Old Testament. Then chapter 15 is this great praise and worship. Listen to Exodus 15, verse 11. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness. Exodus 5.11 Awesome in glory. Working wonders. It's not just that he does good at it. Wonders, again, is something miraculous, something divine. He does miraculous things. Working wonders. Or Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful one thing that the students learned at this conference was god has made you and designed you to be as he has it planned for you and it's a wonderful thing psalm 40 verse 5 psalm 136 3 through 4 talks about the wonder of god and how he does wonderful things divine miraculous things or even in isaiah 28 29 all this comes from the lord almighty whose plan is wonderful. Again, wonder and counselors back then are the ones who decided and planned and mapped out everything. His plans are wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. This gift comes from Christ, the wonderful counselor. In fact, look now, let's look at what Jesus did in the New Testament. Even when he was born, even when he was born, the shepherds, they began to sing. Why? Because the supernatural stepped into the natural. It was wonderful. Even before Jesus spoke a word as a baby, it was wonderful. He stepped into the natural. They are in wonder and awestruck. They are at marvel with it all and we see the wonders of his counsel everyone that came to christ in the gospels seeking counsel from christ when they came he always knew the right things to say sometimes hard sometimes convicting but he always knew what to say he truly would reach out and touch their hearts truly 
What a wonderful counselor. So I wrote this down. He is a great and wonderful counselor because he knows all of you, your life, your heart, your mind, and also your failures. He's the best one to turn to. Jesus is the source of all truth and wisdom. Again, remember this great verse, John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the greatest counselor to come to. He is the only one truly worth listening to. His instruction and his help is a true wonder and a marvel. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verse 3. Talking of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you need wisdom, if you need knowledge, if you need counsel, turn to Christ. No professional counselor can match what Jesus has and who he is. He is the one we must ultimately turn to, and we must trust him when we are in need. In fact, I encourage you, look at your life. Look at how he's helped you. Thank the Lord for what he has done. He is truly a wonderful counselor. We should have awe and be marveled by the beauty of what Christ has done. Now let's take a look at what we have inside this. Again, each week we're going to look at a passage and a theological truth. All right, the first passage, or the main passage today, don't worry, you don't have to look far. It's Isaiah 9-6. Isaiah 9-6. The part I want to look at this morning, later uh, in a few weeks from now, you know, we're, we're going to look at Philippians, we'll look at Hebrews and other passages, but today we're going to stick just mainly with this passage we have before us. Isaiah 9-6. Let's look at the first part. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. This passage shows us such great theological, theological truth. So I'm going to jump to the theological truth now. All right, theological truth. What do we have inside this here? The theological truth is, notice this passage has this contrast of divine aspects and human aspects. Divinity and humanity what a contrast look at some of the words in here child son born given and look at the names there's divine authority in here what a contrast in fact there's a latin word to summarize all of this and it's called incarnation have you heard that word before incarnation this is a word used to describe jesus the son of god who took on human flesh in fact, in our statement of faith for the Evangelical Free Church, we have this written. We believe that Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Fully God and fully man. One person in two natures. So look again at this passage here. This passage really has so much in there theologically for us to know about the incarnation. Jesus was God in human flesh. So the first part. For to us a child is born. This highlights Christ the Messiah's humanity. He was born into this world and conceived in the womb of his mother 
in a miraculous way by the Holy Spirit. Listen to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, before they had their honeymoon, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. He was born as he entered into humanity in a new way. He was born before a child was born to us. So why human? He had to come as a human being in the form of a child so he could endure temptation as we face, yet without sin, in order to save us. Instead of just snapping his fingers, he could, you know, God could have just snapped his fingers, but <clears throat> instead he chose to come as Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, as a human being in the form of a child, so he could endure all this, yet without sin, to save us. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 1. He was fully man, Luke chapter 2, John 11, John chapter 1. He became man, Philippians chapter 2, we'll look at that later, another day, by taking on an additional nature that had limitations, yet still fully God. So in this, take a look at again at Isaiah. This is wonderful. For to us, a child is born. That's the first part, the first aspect of this. Although he did, that, he did take on humanity, being born, notice the next part of the verse. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. To us a son is given highlights Christ the Savior's deity. So the first part shows the humanity aspect of it. Now the next part shows the beauty of the deity of Christ. Christ always existed before his birth as the second person of the Trinity and was given to us. He wasn't born to us because he always existed, but the humanity part was born to us. The eternal Son of God was truly given because he always existed and was never born. Christ did not begin on the first Christmas. Christ always was. Listen to this Philippians chapter 2, 6 through 7, which we will expound upon on another Sunday. Who being the very nature of God, this is such a great passage. In fact, take your Bibles, go there. Philippians chapter 2. This is considered one of the first hymns of the early church. The way it was written, and you see, like, even in your Bibles, it's not written as normally the, the rest of Philippians is. Philippians chapter 2. It's kind of indented, almost like it could be a song. This is considered one of the early hymns of the church. Philippians chapter 2, 6 and 7. Who being the very nature God, so Jesus Christ, Totally God, right? Who being the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage or to be held on to, to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing. Made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. So here's this aspect of 
God, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, realized, I'm going to step down and take on flesh. Why divine? So why humanity? We answer that. Now why divine? He pre-existed as fully God. Not just part God or one-third God. Fully God. We see this in Isaiah 9-6. John chapter 1, verse 1. John 8-58. Romans 9-5. He is God. He pre-existed and is fully God. And in order to save and bear the full penalty for our sins, which only God can do. Only God can save us. For all the Old Testament, it talks about there's one God, and He is the Savior. Only God can save. So He became man, but He had to also be God in order to save us. And only God can be the mediator between God and man and Savior. Isaiah 43, verse 11. In Him, both the divine and human met in one person. This is the incarnation, the theological truth. I like how John Phillips says this. The great mystery of the manger is that God should be able to translate deity into humanity without either discarding the deity or distorting the humanity. Fully God, fully man, in one person. Let's go back to Isaiah 9.6. Again, I love the first part of this verse. For unto us a child is born. The humanity aspect. And to us, or unto us, a son is given. This highlights the Savior's deity. The heresy is to put one of these aside. False prophets can be found in, like even 2 John 7-9, denying the incarnation, not holding to the doctrine of Christ and the deity of Christ, is very dangerous. So we see the beauty of this gift given to us. The incarnation. Jesus is fully God, fully man, in one person, and always will be God. That's who it's from. Now this gift also, if you notice here, is given to, given to one of our needs. And each Sunday we'll look at one of our needs. Here, I've written down foolishness this wonderful counselor addresses the great need of our foolishness christ and his divine wisdom is what you and i need we need his wisdom the problem is because we're foolish we think we can save ourselves we think we're smart enough or we often turn to counsel of people who may not be the wisest things. When you ever have a counselors, you know, there's great counsel out there, but they may not have great wisdom. Philosophers, they're bright and smart. They can't find many jobs. That's one of the jokes in college. Don't ever just go into full philosophy. You'll never have a job. They have great minds, but really, do they have the greatest wisdom? Psychologists, bloggers, the internet, whenever you have a question, first, let's Google what is the answer of this thing, right? That's what we turn to. Where do we turn for, for counselors or self-proclaimed spiritual gurus or others? Yes, it's good to turn to people for wisdom. In fact, recently with all that's going on with the vaccine, I've had a couple inquiries to me saying, hey, would you help me? My business is saying I need to be vaccinated or I'll lose my job. Would you 
please write a letter of exemption for me because of my religious beliefs. And I've sat with them talking, really, where do you stand? And I, yeah, I'll give you wisdom and counsel in that. So I've written some letters to help people through that. And the first letter that um, I wrote, the business got it, they denied. But still, she said, I'm going to trust God. Even though I thought I could craft the greatest letters, they all oh, this, the, the doctors look at oh, this person, oh, I got denied. In the end, she's going to trust God for that counsel and wisdom and peace. So it's good to turn to people, but the problem is this we turn to others for wisdom, like the Grinch. Here's the Grinch music box, okay? Hidden gift right here. See, the world is like the Grinch. They want to say, I've got some great wisdom for you. And you, there's the music. Whoa! And out pops all of this stuff. Words of their wisdom. Let me put this guy back in there. What is the wisdom that the world gives? Brush off my Bible here, wow. First, I was thinking, well, let me look at the opposite of wise counsel in a thesaurus. But that would be the wrong thing to do because I want to understand biblically what's the opposite of it, not just in our English dictionaries or thesaurus. What does the world give us that's very dangerous? Here's a few words. Some of these on the pieces of paper, words of wisdom. One could be this. Pride. Oh, you can do it on your own. Look at how great you are. You've built yourself up. And it begins to give you words of pride and building yourself up. What's the opposite of wise counsel? Pride. One of the most dangerous things in Scripture. Or here's this. No fear of the Lord. You look at Proverbs, the beginning of Proverbs, first three chapters, talks about, guess what? The fear of the Lord. That's where you get counsel. That's where you get wisdom. The opposite of that isn't being like stupid or just, you know, ignorance. The real true opposite of it is this. Having no fear of the Lord. Having no awestruck wonder of the Lord. Or other things, different passages I was looking through. Corruption dishonesty, unethical living, no faith or trust in God. Again, I look at Romans chapter, in fact, the youth group is going through Romans right now, the beginning parts of Romans, Romans chapter 1 and 2, talk about this aspect of the ignorance of people. No faith in God. Mocking God. And that's what the world, like the Grinch, pops out. Oh, just don't trust in Him. Being self-sufficient and self-righteous. Listen to this, Christian. Those are the two most dangerous ones that creep into our hearts. Self-sufficiency, I, I can just do it on my own, and self-righteous, thinking I'm, I am pretty good. I've memorized a lot of verses. I'm not as bad as some people. To our foolishness, Scripture speaks and gives us Christ. Or listen to James chapter 3, verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Not tainted like the Grinch pops out and gives us all these tainted things. 
that can corrupt your soul. It's pure. Then peace. Loving. Considerate. Submissive. Full of mercy. Good fruit. Impartial. And sincere. That's what we need from the Lord. Or 1 Corinthians 3.19, the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. What the world gives us in all the little words it wants says, here, take this, that's foolishness in God's sight. We must first turn to Christ. He is the Wonderful Counselor. And He speaks to our foolishness thinking we can do it on our own. I'm a self-made man. I can save myself. Total foolishness. We need Christ and His wisdom. He's a wonderful counselor because He's God. He's a wonderful counselor, we see in Hebrews, because He suffered just like we suffered, yet without giving in to sin. And He knows us. He knows your life, knows your heart. He's a wonderful counselor. He's the source of truth. And He has the answers for all our needs. So let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6. For to us a child is born. Oh, the beauty that Christ would take on flesh to save us. For to us a son is given. Oh, the beauty that Christ Christ was not born on Christmas. Christ always existed, so He was given to us. And the government will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a great verse. Have you ever heard Handel's Messiah before? I think it's like over two hours long. I've heard people that do that almost wear out by the end because it's all the singing, all the vocals giving into it. I encourage you, go find it, listen to it. There, there's a section, I think it's two-thirds into it, where they sing this part, and it's just beautiful. In fact, when I listen to it, I sometimes get goosebumps because I'm in awe, in wonder at the wonderful Counselor. My encouragement to you this season is this. Catch the wonder of God this season found in the beauty of Christ who came fully God, fully man in order to save a wretch like me and a Grinch like you, right? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the beauty of this passage. And in this passage, we see the wonder and awe of your gift. Your gift, the Son, given to us as a wonderful counselor. One who is the divine counselor. One who is majestic as a counselor. One who we should marvel at and be in awe as we see the beauty of Christ. Christ, speak to our need, to our foolishness. Speak to our self-righteousness. Speak to our arrogance. 
Speak to our pride. Speak to those of us who have no fear of God. May we begin to turn to Proverbs and look at the first three chapters and see the wonder of how you use the Word of God to speak to us and how that Word became flesh. God, you are a wonder, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and join us in these songs.
and shared of what, what's going on in his life. You can see that November 14th online. But we're having a farewell party for him December 19th. So we have a sign up there, in the fellowship, or not in the fellowship hall, in the lobby there on the welcome desk. If you want to help with food, cookies, there's even a recipe of some, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Mary. It's some fancy meal or a little salad, or I'm not sure what it is. But if you want to help with recipes, cookies, there's a sheet there. And also set up serving and cleanup. We would love to have you help us on December 19th as we have our farewell party. Second, we are looking at doing Christmas caroling again. Last year we went to four different nursing homes and a couple people that we know that were shut-ins, and it was a wonderful time. We did it outside because, again, COVID was in full swing, and there's a lot of people having problems with COVID in the nursing homes. So I haven't been able to get all the details finalized yet, but 90% sure we're doing it next Sunday. I'm still trying to verify with all the nursing homes when we can come, how we can do it. So if you're able to join us, we will meet here next Sunday at 1.30, and it ended around, it took us about two hours to do, maybe less than that, and then we'll end here with some cookies, hot cider, and I'm getting some eggnog, because I like eggnog, and uh, stuff like that. So that will be next Sunday, starting around 1.30, depending on when I can line up the different ways, nursing homes, and to, to sing to them. So set aside if you can, join us. If not, if you've got something going on, it's fine, but next Sunday will be our Christmas caroling starting around 1.30. My prayer is that the wonder of Jesus should capture your life and heart. Reading out of Romans, because Romans is that good. Romans chapter 9. Sorry, Romans 11, 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments, His paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? No one. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you during this Christmas season. We hope to see you next week. Have an awesome week. Thanks for worshiping with us.